We want to talk about faith. We want to talk about um, politics. We want to talk about race. We want to talk about pop culture. Literally, everything, everything, everything is up for discussion, and that's what French culture is about. About. Brunch culture. Brunch culture. Brunch culture. Brunch culture. She is Lisa V. And he's Randall Keith. And we are here and back for another week of Brunch Culture, the weekly show where everything is up for discussion. Yes. I don't know what just happened to my 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 like tongue. I was like, oh, something like. Yeah. Well, let's preface this by saying I have this Invisalign in my mouth, so I'm still Mm, trying to get adjusted. Yeah. So if I sound off, yes, please. Yes. More power to you. All the respect in the world. I don't need, I I honestly, I have, when I have braces, I didn't even want to move my mouth. I didn't want to talk, like, without some sort of pain medicine or oral gel. Like, I feel like my liver was probably, bruh, stop taking this pain medication. Like, please, just stop. That was, I do not miss that at all. Yeah, and the thing is, too, I had braces in middle school and then ninth, 10th grade, got them, pulled, got them off in 11th, and just never wore my retainer. So shame on me for not wearing my retainer and having to put myself through this pain all over again because my teeth shifted back. And so, yeah, here I am. Here I am. The cost of beauty. This is what we do for beauty. Eh. Yes. Eh. So So let's get into I this think... mimosas and orange juice this week. Uh, Dame Dash. Dame out here. Dash. Reclaiming and, his money. And the thing is, it's funny because I don't know even know if I would have believed Dame Dash without the recording. Because right? he's. He's just like he's not the per- he just seems like he's he say stuff and yeah. it's like I wouldn't believe you, but actually this time he had to record because I would have never put him with Lee Daniels like I would have never thought that he gave Lee Daniels two million dollars. So what just seems so yeah. random to me. So what's interesting and this actually I had to check myself from this because. I saw the headline. I would see, I saw like these actually people posted the picture, but it wasn't like a caption on it. I mean, not the picture, but the the video. And I was just like scrolling past. I don't need to see this. But then I kept seeing it over and over again. Then I actually saw like somebody created a a video that had the caption that says Dame Dash and Lee Dames. I didn't even recognize who they were. Um, and something, one of the jokes I, I first saw was something about it being like at a church convention. So I literally thought this was like some random guy talking to somebody on the stage at church, like trying to get money. Had no idea of like, that was, oh, that's Dame Dash and that's Lee Daniels. But I honestly would have never thought, I don't want to say that Dame Dash don't have $2 million, but that I, I kind of view them in two different spaces. I kind of view like, Lee Daniels is more of somebody that's like crossed over that has like a wide audience of not, you know, of, of, of people of all different backgrounds. And I would view Dame Dash as kind of just more of like a independent hustler type person. And mm-hmm. so, you know, seeing, watching the video, and then like I was watching the video and I started reading the caption. I was like, wait, legit, like he telling him about his $2 million. Like he really want this money. And I was like, it's so interesting because literally I would have slept on Dame Dash too. Like I would have, 
if had somebody said that this was a beef between them, I'd be like, Lee Daniels don't need no twi- no two million dollars from Dame Dash. Like Lee Daniels has all of this money. Obviously, look at all of the things that he's had that's been successful. You know, he don't need no two million dollars. But seeing the video is like, dang, wait, and just the way that he was very nonchalant about it that actually made me feel. Of course, obviously, I thought about Monique, and I'm like, see, I feel like Monique is getting her justice through this. I feel like, you know. It definitely made me look at what her claims differently. And it's sad because as a black woman, I feel like I should be advocating more for Monique. I think I didn't necessarily think Monique didn't deserve the money for Precious. It was more of the way she's gone about everything that I had an issue with her. Um, Because, you know, she just recorded her and Tyler Perry conversation. And I'm just like... While it, I get you're getting vindicated and you're justified, like, I don't think that's making people want to work with you. Yeah. And I'm like, it's like you're shooting yourself in the foot in the process. Problem. Yeah. It's like yeah. you're shooting yourself because in the foot in the process. you're proving yourself right. Okay. I'm right. But if I'm somebody, I'm like, well, if things go south for me, are you going to record me and put me on blast on the internet? Like, that's the, that's the way I'm thinking. Like, exactly. you know, yeah, you're right. But, you know, is anybody going to want to work with you? Is this really helping your cause? It's it's a private conversation. Obviously, it's a private conversation in which her I would it kind of comes across. So we don't know. uh, Angela Yee said like, well, we don't know what happened before or after this conversation. But it really seemed like uh, Tyler Perry was trying to have a conversation with her to try to like clear. <clears throat> try to clear the air obviously he feels bad about whatever you know their issue is like whatever additional detail that he has and that's what he's like you know i can speak from i can only speak as like tyler perry i can't speak for oprah you know i can't speak for lee but i can only speak for tyler perry and honestly the only issue that i had with you was that you didn't come on a promotional tour that's it but i hear you i hear what you're saying and i understand it and so let me think i want to help i want to i want to get you the money that you feel that you are due because i believe in you right i believe in this and i kind of want to make it better this was somebody to me that's calling to smooth things over and I will. I do recall Monique talking about this conversation, but I think it's one thing to talk, to kind of talk about it. It's another thing to put the audio out where you're recording it. And even if, because you know, there's this whole thing of well, we don't know. Maybe Tyler Perry did know that she was recording the conversation because obviously he had. We haven't heard him say at this point. We haven't heard him, you know, file a lawsuit or say like, oh, I really don't mess with her because she secretly recorded me. But I still think. Th- it doesn't like allow him to come out and make a statement in support of you, which doesn't mean that he had to be against anybody else, but say, you know, I hear her and I I support her getting more because she was initially paid this. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just think that the way that it comes across, it comes across that you can't be trusted. And it's like this backhand stuff. And I actually still to this day, I feel like I'm probably one of very few, but I still support Monique. Right. I still think that honestly, the way I can overlook the way that she's going about it. I I still think it like, it's, it's not the best way, obviously, but I can overlook, you know, the things that she's saying about, uh, or about Oprah or just kind of the way that she's going about it. Because I'm like, yo, I feel like there's truth in her statement. I feel like there's truth in her statement about Netflix. I definitely feel that because 
uh, Oprah is a gem to all of us and we all care about uh, Oprah. It's so easy to go against Monique because she called her a B. Like, I get, I get it. Like, I feel like if we analyze it, there's reason to support Monique. But it's like, come on, Monique, man. You can't, you can't keep doing stuff like this. Like, what? And I go back to Sydney, like, not to blame him, but, bruh, y'all gotta move. As a businessman, you gotta move a little different. Like, you gotta play the game to some degree. We can't just come in here and say we not gonna play any of the game, but we still want to be a part of the game. You see, you see what I mean? Like, come on now. we're not. That's not the way you win. Like, I can't come into, we playing a game of Monopoly, and I'm coming in and be like, Forget all the rules. This my rules. Y'all just following the system. I'm going against the system, but I still want the system to reward me and the system. To come, we just can't do that. Like, you know what I mean? Like, theoretically, it sounds it sounds good. But ultimately, it ain't going to work, fam. <laughs> like, it's just not going to work. Yep. And no, and I, I don't see her getting booked anywhere. She's still doing these. Um, I think the like the the basically her little shows on the road but as far as like she's still not having success and maybe she feels like she's doing this for the next the people that's coming behind her and she gave up on her own success with this i don't know i think she kind of feels like she's just gonna keep riding like riding the wave which i i respect like i respect her still doing her shows like you still gotta you still got an audience you still got fans like your core you still got to meet those people and do the shows for them i don't think that's bad honestly maybe she also is trying to like build interest so that she can get like a deal with somebody else like i i think it's good for her to still do it i just don't i feel like this whole like back end and turn that's the kind of stuff that to me, it comes across as more messy than productive. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't necessarily know what point we are trying to like. If you're you're upset with Oprah and Lee Daniels and you're done with them, then just be done with them. You know what I mean? Like, let's mm-hmm. go about it a different way. We don't have to, other celebrities not gonna start working with them. It's that's like it, yeah. And both of these pe- all three of these people, not both of them, all three of them have like uh, authority, if you will, or clout to move in the creative back end space. So Tyler Perry is like creating stuff and has that power. Oprah obviously has her own network. Lee Daniels all, all obviously has, you know, two powerful shows that are really, really, really successful on top of like movie uh, histories with movies. So it really, I, I just, I don't, I don't know if it makes sense to me strategically to continue to talk about, or to push how like much you don't like them or you don't want to work with them because I feel like other people may feel like we don't I don't really want to work with her because I don't want to piss those people off you know what I'm saying like again that's a part of like that game like I get you don't want to play the game but like you can't keep being being so anti a person when it's like relationships you're in a you're in a, a business where those relationships matter. That's how you build and continue to build based off of like who you're aligned with in the relationships you have. I don't know if it, it's it's in your face if it's beneficial to you to continue to just talk about that. You know what I'm saying? Like I think at some point we gotta let it go. Like or just not talk about it. Maybe not let it go, but just move past the point of constantly bringing it up to the public. Yep. 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 And hopefully she will heed this advice. 
if she listens to brunch culture, which I'm not sure she does. She I mean, does. Possible. Somebody get this to Monique so she can hear us. Actually, yeah. come on the show, Monique. Want, Let's talk. We want, yeah, we want you to win, but you're not making it where people want to work with you. Like, it's just two different things. But, you know, who am I? But, I, you know, I am going to see Tyler Perry's new movie with Whoopi. Tiffany Haddish and Tiki Sumter because it looks hilarious. Yo, so, so it's I, the best. I didn't even know he did that because it doesn't look like anything he would do. For real, for and real. I'm not trying to shade him. His movies, I just don't really appeal to me. But right. this seemed like he really put a lot of effort into it to change it. And maybe it's just Tiffany Haddish, and she's just hilarious in herself. So I don't know. I think I saw. So I saw the trailer. Um, I saw the trailer for it. I think I saw part of it initially on YouTube. I was like going through my apple tv on youtube and i saw and i was like wait what is this and then i saw it saw like a clip of it i went and found the whole thing dying laughing they said it's a tyler perry movie and i'm like yo i'm excited about going to see a tyler perry film whoa this is like this is a big deal and again not as you said not to knock tyler perry i think tyler perry i've recognized when i took that time we talked about this on the show when i took my mom to see boo to boo to that time and she was like crying falling out of her seat laughing i realized you know what there's these these movies are just not for me anymore right for somebody yeah they're for somebody (laughs) obviously there's an audience for these movies but it's just not for me it don't work for me so i'm not gonna like say oh you know in the way that a lot of people are kind of like uh-uh, Tyler Perry, yada, yada. Honestly, I just don't want to, to me, a lot of, it's like a lot of recycling of the same storylines and themes. Um, and maybe I've been watching, I mean, what is the Medea play came out in, was it like early 2000 or something like that? Mm-hmm. Like the very first Medea play. So it was like, we've been watching these things, you know, for a long time. And so it kind of, it seems very cyclical and so they don't just automatically appeal to me but this movie looks like it is going to be hilarious and like i specifically like the fact that uh whoopi goldberg and tiffany haddish are working together um i think it's kind of like this like old head pioneer that's coming in um that's been obviously like extremely successful she's a freaking e-god like that's incredible and in in comes Tiffany Haddish, who is very hilarious and a new type of comic um, for like the mainstream stage. To me, it's it, I, I think it's just going to be great. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And I think so many of us that normally kind of just keep moving past a, a upcoming Tyler Perry film is like surprisingly excited about this. So. We'll see. Yeah, y'all. and hopefully she won't mention who bit Beyonce because Lord knows I'm tired of that whole scenario. Well, do you know she essentially kind of confirmed that it was Sanaa Lathan? Yeah, and Sanaa's parents are pissed. Yeah, I didn't even know she was friends with Sanaa, but apparently she is. I mean, she's friends with her parents. Yeah, yeah. And she was like, she never said that it was Sanaa. Sanaa's family just assumed and put that out there because she said, I never said a name. Yeah. And what's and it's. I think that it's so interesting too because obviously you know she said do you you did you watch her red table talk where she talked about Drake? So I saw part of that, but I did see the part about um, I saw the commercial where she talked about Drake. Okay, yeah. So she apparently like she talked about Drake, and so people are like, oh, you know, Tiffany Haddish telling all this business why she talking so much, yada yada yada. I honestly feel like 
had she never she never initially talked about Beyonce if she was just talking about I don't know who bit Chrissy Teigen nobody would be bothered by her continuing to tell like her stories with celebrities <laughs> but the fact that she started off with Beyonce I feel like everybody is like just bothered by it what's interesting also is that I wonder if Sanai Lathan does like the next time she does something like a, like a big movie or TV show or something's coming out, like what people are going to say. I'm actually really looking forward to the memes that's going to come out. Cause I think that, like the internet seems to be real quiet since that came out, but I feel like the next time she does something, that's when we going to see like all the funny parts that come out of it. But hopefully people aren't really taking it that serious to be like, Oh, I'm not going to support Sanai Lathan. Cause like, I mean, come on, whatever. I don't know. You know, it's a, it's a weird. It just it was it's weird because I feel like Sanaa Lathan to me seems like a really serious actress. She seems like a good girl type of vibe. So to feel to see like oh Sanaa's on drugs, it just was random to me. Really, she kind of comes across. It makes sense to me. So Sanaa Lathan comes from money, and so she's had this like upper class upbringing. So to me, oh, I didn't know she came from money. Yeah, she um she uh to me it it makes sense because I feel like she's more kind of like uh valley girl type like. I feel like that's kind of she's probably in this this state of, you know, we just I just kind of party and have a good time. And, you know, I feel like culturally, again, we go back to culture. Culturally, it's some stuff that just like we're not going to do as black people. And so I might be like wasted out of my mind, but you're not going to catch me like biting on somebody's face. Like, wait, what? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like get out of here like I w- that's not something we do but i feel like that might be a part of the you know just that valley girl let's just have a good time and do stuff and just kind of turn up i feel like she i could definitely see her being that type of person um just based off of like what her her upbringing is that's so funny because i felt like regina you know regina was in regina's her best friend and she was in girl's trip with tiffany so i think that's interesting but on the interviews, Regina seemed to get annoyed with Tiffany. Like in the interview, she looked like she was annoyed you half the time. That? Yeah. So it's interesting. I noticed I noticed that she kinda seemed I don't know if I thought it was annoyed, but I definitely get I definitely get like why you why why how it came across that way. I it just seemed almost like she was kinda not everybody else seemed to be really like super open to tiffany haddish and like oh my gosh you know it's tiffany haddish yada 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 and she seemed kind of like oh, yeah that's tiffany haddish okay you know what i mean like it wasn't like super excited i guess yeah her personality does seem like you either love her or hate her because she seemed like she's a lot and so you know you know yeah. she might just be like girl you too much right i feel like i could it obviously is entertaining. I think that at some point in time, and maybe it's just kind of like my personality. At some point in time, I like for people to like not be turned on ten. Um, so I could definitely see myself being like, "Okay, this was fun." So when do we scale it back? <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> like, while Regina, she seems to do that on camera. She seems to be real tempered in her interviews. Yeah, like she's like yeah, and so yeah, I. I probably she probably was going in on Tiffany because Sanaa is her girl. So yeah, it's interesting, yeah. interesting, interesting talk. 
Um, yeah. So what else is going on? And SCOTUS ruling. World. It's so much. I feel like our country is just spiraling downward. This is off our, our list of subject, but did you see that comedian was able to get through pretending like he was a senator and talk to Trump? No. So he calls the White House switchboard some kind of way. He gets to um, Air Force One pretending like he's a senator from New York, I think. Mm -hmm. And he's a comedian that does like impersonations, I think. And Trump calls him back and talking to him about trying to get the Democrats on board for immigration. And it's like he records this. He's like, wow, I'm not even him. I'm not even the senator. I don't even know. He said a senator's name. He didn't even know which place he represented. Wait, and so and he so was, was like, it's, it's an audio of him actually talking to Donald Trump? Yes. From the switchboard? <laughs> yes. Donald Trump was on Air Force One. He was talking to this man. And Donald Trump thought he was the senator. And I'm just like, are we safe? Like, that's... <laughs> it's, it's, funny. it's funny that he was able to do that. But do are we safe? Like how how do yeah? Because how do you get that direct access that easily? Nobody thought to. Hey, you're you're a senator from where? Let's do a quick Google search <laughs> to figure out who this is. Um, like let's... he said, the senator's name, so they knew who name he was. But I'm just like. Are we so like what's going on in our communications department? Yeah, but I'm How saying like yeah, are y'all workers? We get like we get okay, so what's this number that you're calling from? Like, hey Senator such and such, you're calling from X number of number. Hey, let's I'm gonna get you to him. Let's give you a call back. Let's reach out to the point of contact that we have on file. Let's get a point of contact for this senator. Hey, hey, let's call to verify that this is the actual person. You're speaking directly to the president. Like, what? So you understand why yeah. I was confused. And I'm like, are we safe? Because what in the world is going on? Like, what kind of... Like, this is like something from reality TV. This is like a sketch from SNL, honestly. And that's, that's honestly the way that this whole thing is running. So the, the thing that scares me so much about uh, Justice Kennedy res like resigning is we know for sure that the likelihood of Donald Trump nominating another moderate person to kind of balance out the Supreme Court is like next to none. He is going to bring like I would be extremely shocked if that happened. He is going to bring a more conservative voice in because this allows him to appease the Republican Party. This allows him to say with everything that I do that you guys don't like with as as non-conventional as I am and the way that we clash and we bump heads during this time as we prepare for the midterm elections and as I prepare to if I as I start to prepare for re-election I am going to make a conservative move that appeases your interest I'm going to get I'm going to nominate people that you guys are going to be satisfied with 
because of their conservative values. And so it's almost it's again of I scratch your back, you scratch mine. Look at what I'm doing. That's so great. Look at what I'm doing. That's so good because I helped your the person that you guys doubted, the person that you guys didn't support. Nobody support. I'm doing something to further and to help your cause. But the thing that's scary is like this really affects like a generation. Like this person is is appointed for a lifetime. I don't think and, and they go okay everything. It's like the um Republicans have absolute power with yeah. Trump, Congress and Supreme Court. And this is dangerous because they're not looking out for the interests of the people on the margins. Right. And this is so scary and just the rhetoric of that I hear when he says some very bad people, rapists and um killers coming through and i'm like bruh we should be scared of your types exactly aren't you grabbing women like sexual assault exactly didn't um wasn't it the people that raped and assaulted african slaves like your forefathers are very bad people exactly exactly but it's that country is built on yeah it is thomas jefferson sally hemings like you know it's just it is it's it's the it's it's morals based on your your view it's morals not based on like what the general public says it really is based on just your own personal individual view and it, it actually is it's what will benefit you in this space so kind of continuing to push that anti you know diversity anti immigration it makes people that don't want to do more that don't want to challenge themselves to like hey the world is shifting and so let me get on and let me push for let me challenge myself to learn more or let me start to adapt and to be more open people that's just like i am what's right you know i'm gifted this country this is ours i just want to be comfortable and i want somebody that's going to continue to push that so one of the things that um i was reading this uh, opinion piece that is by charles blow it's titled uh, Trump Remakes America's in the New York Times. He has this one piece that says elections have consequences, not voting, not voting has consequences. Uh, falling for Russia, pro- Russian propaganda has consequences. Voter suppression has consequences. Taking the absolutely ridiculous position that there would be a little difference between Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump has consequences. Like that part is like. To me, it's like we all of these small things that people are just like, oh, this is just one thing. Oh, you know, he just he just won an election. But, you know, we have all of these other things in place. And then it's like, OK, so then he 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 moved on this front. Oh, well, then we have this. And then we move on that front. Oh, we have this. Oh, well, you know, there's Rus- there's Russian collusion. Oh, but that's not you know, it's fake news. It's not really things that we need to focus on. All of these things really shape what's happening. And I I think this is kind of this space of uh, this open seat for the Supreme Court is like, yo, all of those small things that people kept saying, you know, well, God is in control and everything is going to be all right. And he's not this and the administration's not that. And that person's not that. It's all really boiling over and it's adding up and we have to deal with what it's going to become for that. And the effects of it could last for a lifetime yo like that's that is insane like it's insane how much stuff are are are, is changing and turning the tides 
it it I don't know. It's just it's really really disgusting, yo. And and it's extremely disappointing and disheartening because at some point in time you start to really feel powerless, right? Like, and I and I, this is why I'm like, yo, we have to believe in. We have to believe in our, our, our right to vote. We have to believe in the power of our voices. We have to believe in platforms like podcasts that continue to push, you know, our that continue to push like the voices of the people and the concerns of the people and, and continue to get people in places or even ourselves going to places where we have the ability to, to make a change and to try to impact change, because otherwise we see this train wreck happening in our face but we're on that train and so we obviously are gonna wreck as well like yeah this 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 whole thing is just really jacked up yeah it is and i i can't do anything but like uh it's so it causes anxiety sometimes if you think about it too long oh because it's like what are you gonna do and I, I heard, what's the guy's name? Van Jones say the other day, he was like, he understands like elections have consequences. He said he has more anxiety about the Kennedy um, re- um, retiring than anything else. Yeah. He's like, I, I could, he's like, okay, I'm braced myself for two more years of Trump, but he's like, this is just going to set us back. Completely. So, it completely it has the potential to completely change the law of the land. Um, yeah, for honestly, for everybody, for for people of color, for the LGBT community, for honestly, anybody that is not rich and white. <laughs> they, literally, this should it should make the hairs on the back of your neck stand up because this is really it. The It literally has the potential to alter life as we know it. Um, in ways that prior to this, we could just deal with the subtle change with hope that this year, midterm elections, um, and in, in two more years that we would have the ability to reverse all of those subtle changes. But this, these changes could be irreversible, you know, like, Mm -hmm. and God forbid he gets another term and then another justice retires or someone passes away like what happens you know what i'm saying like that becomes we could potentially have a a supreme court that is overwhelmingly conservative and even getting more liberals in later will not even take away that conservative that conservative position um it's just i don't know it's scary it's really scary yes and you know who else is is trying to be scared but not permit patty um (laughs) oh permit patty did you see her tears yeah white tears you know because that happened with the other lady at with the barbecue somehow you become a victim so and you the one who called the police you could have stopped all this by not calling the police she was like i didn't even know they were black and i'm just like like, how would I know that? I wouldn't know that. Based, like, come on. And then you know that. Um, well, I just saw. I think Sean King posted it that they released the audio of her actually calling the police. Oh, I didn't see that. 
Yeah, I actually just saw it this morning. So apparently she, because you know she said that she only pretended to call the police. She didn't actually call the police. Well, they released the audio of her actually calling the police and saying somebody's selling uh, water without a, per- without a permit. And it's so... But this is the thing. You ha- it's, like, it's documented when you call 911. Yeah. Like, why lie about Why lie about it, right? <laughs> why lie about it? It's so disgusting, though, because um, watching the, the the clip that I saw, um, I guess it was like a local news station or something that ran the story. And they were saying how, you know, she says that she supports um, young young women entrepreneurs. And it's just it's obvious that that's a lie. And it's obvious that that's not true. And I guess, you know, a part of journalism is that you have to tell that's the statement that she made. So you got to say that. But I, I think for me, it's just kind of like, no, let's challenge that. Obviously, you say that you do this, but how you're really not doing it, because if you support women entrepreneurs, you are set, they're selling bottled water. They're getting what? Maybe a dollar a bottle. A twenty-four pack. She's getting what twenty-four dollars. I, I I don't know <laughs> that. And you're like, oh, well, you don't have a permit to sell this water. Like, and this is a kid. This is a baby. Like, come on, man. You can't. You you can't have it both. And honestly, watching that video of her crying, I was just I I was looking at it like, why did y'all like what? Am I supposed to feel sorry for her? I don't feel sorry for her. And then her saying like, oh, you know, I'm getting all these death threats and comments. I always think. And obviously, I don't know what she got, but it's really interesting to me is like when people get social media backlash, they automatically liken it to getting death threats. And I'm like, but are you really getting death threats or are people just saying like, I just don't mess with you. And it's like too much for you to deal with. I don't know if you're really getting death threats. Yeah. It's, It's very, 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 very interesting. The ways in which this is happening. (laughs) <laughs> it's like people are just are so emboldened and so empowered in this era to just call the police on us to just do anything to say anything to us it's just really it's just really interesting times we're living in yeah it, shows it seems to only begin worse yeah it shows really how disconnected that they that they are because honestly if you are aware of socially what's going on in society one would say hey like because blue lives matter because i i don't want people to i don't want the police to harm people um that are unarmed i also don't want unarmed people to to feel upset or to misinterpret you know the law that i truly believe in let me not use this as like the 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 go to oh I'm just going to call the police on you because this could potentially be the start of something that gets way out of hand that we don't need to do like hey you're a little girl selling bottled water I'm going to let you go you guys are barbecuing on a, a part of the the park that is supposed to be no charcoal grills or whatever it is but you guys are also outside next to what is seemingly a busy road. 
I am quite sure <laughs> if you are out of line or in violation, a park ranger is going to come by. The police is going to roll by and see the barbecue and say, hey, fam, you got to move. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, these things will take care of itself. Like, because I'm aware of what's going on and I don't want to put you in harm's way. Let me not do this. I feel like it's like you're either A, completely oblivious and don't pay attention to what's going on, which I find hard to believe. Or B, you see what's going on and you're like, this is even more of a, a scare tactic that I can use to get you to bend to my will because you know how they really treat you they you know they don't care about you guys they don't care about your lives so i'm gonna call them anyway just to make sure that you know you do what i'm telling you to do like get out of here yo come on man yeah it's trash yeah yeah so hashtag chat bc with what y'all think about mimosas and orange juice and we'll be back with our, our main dish All right, guys, and we're back and it is time to get into our main dish. Uh, This week's main dish is about an article. Um, It's based off an article that we read. Um, It's called it's titled Five Keys for Success from an African-American billionaire, Robert F. Smith. Um, I don't remember. I don't think that prior to reading this article that I have heard had heard. I knew who Robert F. Smith was. Um, now I have seen the billionaires list before, so I'm sure I read his name, but I didn't know much about him prior to this, but seeing the article and seeing like the, the, his five like keys, um, for success to me really stood out. And I was like, yo, I think this is, this is really dope. Cause it's actually very practical things. Um, and, and it's interesting because in a time and a space in a society where we put so much, uh, focus on, notoriety and fame and wealth um hearing somebody that is a billionaire and that is more i think he's the article says he's uh more wealthy than uh michael jordan and bob johnson Mm -hmm. and so um just hearing his his perspective of like the key to success and one of those things not being uh, being super famous, if you will, it was kind of something that was like, yo, I think we should talk about it. So I'm just go- we're just going to go down and I'll give you go- I'll uh, give the five keys and then we can just kind of dive into uh, different aspects of it and, and, w- and what we got for it. So the five keys su- to success, according to uh, Mr. Robert Smith, the first one is to be an expert at your craft. The second one is to create your own uh, the third one is to be an example to others. The fourth key is to know your purpose. And the fifth key is to invest in, invest in the future. So what do you think about those, Lisa? I think that were, those were excellent. I really, what stuck out to me the uh, first as I was reading was to kind of create your own. Uh, because, you know, I've done that with G3 in my uh-huh. organization. And he was like, you know, I didn't think after I left Goldman Sachs, that any of these organizations would hire me like I was a viable candidate and he's like so I just started my own and it's like you know I I feel that same space with what I've what I've done with my nonprofit is like when I graduated if I had to put my resume in at any of these other apologetics organizations I probably wouldn't have got hired right um 
And then I wouldn't have had an opportunity to create what I felt was missing in the space. And so I had to create my own. And the crazy thing is now some of the people that I would have loved to just intern for want me to come on board. You feel what I'm saying? So it's like you have to you have to know what you're capable of yourself and say, you know, nobody else may not see it, but I know what I'm capable of and I'm going to go do it. And so I just appreciated that about him, um, him saying that as the key to success, because like I was talking to a friend the other day and he was like, you know, with the Internet, there's really no gatekeepers for a lot of things. Mm-hmm. He was like, Charlamagne says this all the time. Like he, he says it even tying it back to the Monique thing. He's like, man, you don't need these people to validate you because you have enough celebrity. You could create your own. And so it's like really thinking like, man, I can have control over my own brand with social media. I don't have to ask permission. Now, you still have access to capital and funds. But a lot of people are, this is the do-it-yourself DIY DIY, generation where you you don't have to get permission for every little thing. You can just start it. And the people that you want attention from, if you're doing it well, they'll see you. And then you'll eventually get there through that. But just start and do something and don't feel like you got to wait for somebody to validate you. You can just feel validating yourself and do it. Absolutely. I think one of the things through through that, too, is kind of like creating your own. Um, and it, it talks up, it mentions it in an article, but it's like knowing that having kind of that like internal assurance and 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 belief in like what you have been able to do thus far and being open to the idea of what the future can be. Um, I think, and I know I've done this myself, like I think a lot of times you will like apply for something and you'll go out for something and you will put your entire worth in your ability to, to receive that, that position or that recognition or whatever it is. And the thing about it is not recognizing that, you know, if they if you don't get put in, if you don't get that opportunity, if you don't walk into that space, it doesn't mean that you're any less qualified to do it. Um, and actually, it's the ultimate show of who you are and what you can do by your ability to go out and to say that, you know what, as opposed to giving you the right to kind of determine or grade me or judge me and and me say that, like, I'm not worth it. I'm going to go and to do the very same thing that I would have been doing in that position, but I'm going to do it on my own. Right. And I'm going to have enough belief in myself um, to, to move this thing and to drive this thing, to drive this thing forward. And so I think that kind of comes out of like one of the, the reigning threads. Uh, the, I mean, what the, the running thread for me throughout reading this entire article was that, that idea um, he talks about like, being an expert at your craft. I feel like that was kind of like, that's like the building you building that confidence, right? So Mm -hmm, putting, mm -hmm. so getting so much knowledge and information and really learning about that space so that you have enough, uh, uh, like mental capital to, to rely on so that if you were to start like feeling unsure of yourself, you know, that you have like all of this stuff that you can stand on. Um, and then kind of moving to, Hey, you create your own, you're believing in, you're believing in others, but then you also like understand your purpose. All of that is threaded with this, this like immense sense of 
self-belief and self-reliance and like I have confidence in what I what I can do and what I can bring into the table and so much so that I'm like creating this lane where I'm going to do it on my own so I I definitely like that was kind of like in that whole like create your own space um because it's it's interesting also it's another part where he talks about like the service that he gave to like the community um in Ithaca he was like waking up every morning at 6 a.m or something like that I think it says and he was like reading to children and he was like you know everybody's purpose is not to be uh, uh, a successful like uh, business owner maybe your purpose and maybe uh, the way that you can really impact the world is by waking up every day and reading to children mm-hmm. um, and I thought again that is that's another one of those like powerful things because it's kind of like this is somebody that is a billionaire right somebody that has been able to really be extremely and immensely successful and they he finds the the he he he's telling us that purpose is not always tied to having the most money or purpose is not always tied to being like the most successful in the corporate world or the business world really purpose is tied to what is that thing that you are really good at that you should be giving out to the world which really stood out Mm -hmm. to me and i thought was really dope yeah i also love invest in your future because um you know it's interesting. I was having this conversation with somebody this week. I had a friend and he was telling me, you know, how much money he spent on a this new car and he can afford it. And he 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 can afford it, but he can't afford it in the sense of it just doesn't make it doesn't make sense mm-hmm. <laughs> to me. And it's just like because you want to be you want to have your own business like you want self-sustaining things to happen in your life. But if you keep putting yourself in deeper debt to to look a certain way, then you have no room to invest in yourself for the things that you want to be self-sustaining outside of a, a nine to five. You right. feel what I'm saying? Right. If your desire is to have your own, then you for putting yourself further in this space is not giving you the space to do that later down the line because you're pigeonholing yourself right it's about sacrificing now so your future can be that so you could get that you know and so you know he picked on me because i paid cash for my car and he was like but you could have got something different and i was like but i have goals right (laughs) right right i have some some goals because i'm trying to be a business owner that delayed gratification I'm not I can't I'm not going to buy that now because it doesn't make sense for my future goals. And so, you know, I really appreciated what Robert Smith said, like, make sure you're investing in yourself. Yeah. In ways that make sense to your goals. Right. Even if you're not a business owner, you know, buying as young professionals, sometimes we want to have the flashiest car or do certain things. But it's like, okay, what about retirement? What about, you know, stuff being debt free like you know so it's just things you have to think about preparing yourself for your future and I also like the fact that he talked about like making sure you're investing in others Mm -hmm. because I always say success is not success if you succeed alone and so are you pulling somebody up with you or are you just being like man I got it so I mean I don't care what you got 
Yeah, I think that's the the. <laughs> it reminds me of the line from uh, um, Friends uh, on Jay Z. Well, the Carters album, the song Friends. Love um, where they say say something like, "We measure success by how many people around us." Like, no, he was like, "You're broke if the only you're the only one of your friends that like that got money or something like that." Oh yeah, that's on Boss. Oh, it's on Boss. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I, to me, it's like that's that's that it's that idea of going into success thinking about who else that's in my circle that I'm I'm going to pull up with me um and so that that idea of like investing in your future is not only just me having money it's like everybody that's around me having money because if I slip and I fall but you have your own thing going and I really you know found a way to to push you or promote you or to kind of like you know share my platform so that you can move up to in a space where I might start to dwindle or to slip, you're in that space as well, right? You know what I'm saying? You're in that space or in another space or in another arena where you're being successful. And so it's like, I'm kind of, I'm I'm reaching across and if I need help, you're at the same level to kind of hold me up. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not just this idea of like, um, the, of, of like self my my the, the the future of self but it's the future of other people which will in turn help my future um mm-hmm. another thing just from the standpoint of like being you know uh, a young professional because I, I i look at this and one of the things that um i always think that we have i always at least try to do is sometimes you know if you just read this for what it is um, it seems very focused on, it could seem like, oh, well, that's something that's like a key to success for somebody that's trying to be an entrepreneur, but that doesn't apply to like, you know, somebody in some other arena, maybe somebody that is like, you know, in like the corporate, the corporate world and climbing the corporate ladder. But I think kind of, as you mentioned, um, with us as young professionals, our greatest asset for many of us is our 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 job, our career job. Um, and so that all of the access to money and experiences and everything that we have kind of comes by way of that. So if we lose that asset, then we lose pretty much mostly everything we have. I remember reading that in an article before um, and it kind of clicked. But I think that in terms of investing our, in ourselves in this way, um, it it does come with being financially financially responsible it does come with like eliminating our consumer debt and making sure that we are not you know we didn't got like five credit cards that are next to maxed out and we're trying to like make it and keep all this stuff up and so it's like yeah i've been able to do this and have this experience and go here and do all of this stuff but literally if i lost this this asset which is my job or if i was no longer able to physically perform that then i'm you know in the poorhouse right I'm completely mm-hmm. out of it. Investing in your future is kind of like, hey, I'm going to take something and put this here as like a savings. I'm going to start uh, 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 get a, become a part of like a mutual fund and start investing in like some stocks so that I have money in other in other spaces. And that is one of the things that, hey, this is investing in my future. Investing in my future could be I enjoy traveling, but I'm going to travel once or twice a year as opposed to traveling once a quarter or once a month like yeah financially i can quote unquote do it but is that the best thing for me to do now when i'm still trying to build to that place where i am gonna be 
more financially stable and more financially secure. And I have, you know, years of investments or years of savings that is going to kind of carry me over. Like, I think we can kind of take the same principle, if you will, and just kind of apply it to our life in a different way to figure out like, yo, this is how we can. This is this is how this works in the setting that many of us are in that may not be in that like entrepreneurial lane. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I think all these apply and it just really I think Bob Smith, as you talk about, said reading to children. I think that was crucial, too, because it's like, you know, we all define sometimes in this capitalistic society, we define success by making money like solely. Right. And success is really, it could be just reading to a child. Like that could be for you the most um, feeling of achievement. Because like I told you before we started, like I've had a lot of stuff happening for me and a lot of goals that I've set that I'm achieving now. But it was getting to the point where it wasn't like the most happy place (laughs) for me. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So it's a, it just reminds me that achieving the goal doesn't bring a necessary fulfillment, but helping somebody that that needs your help can bring even more fulfillment than necessarily achieving your own personal goal. Helping somebody achieve their goal can be more fulfilling than you achieving your own goal. Right. And, you know, I think that goes back to knowing your purpose, too. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that and that's why I thought that was another. It just really stands out to me in the sense that, again, this is somebody that is a billionaire. Right. Um, And I think that because we we, we've talked about this and we've kind of criticized ourselves, you know, in a way of we often ask celebrities or people that have a whole bunch of money, how they feel about like political issues, how they feel about social issues. And then what they say becomes the standard. You have peeps, so many people that have become activists by way of how much money they have, as opposed to how much work that they've actually put into, you know, this prior to having money, like prior to having money, you weren't no activist. You were, you know, doing something completely different and just didn't really care. And then all of a sudden you become this, millionaire billionaire and now you know what you say is bible just because we respect how much money you have and so that means that you have to be this thoughtful person that really is considering everything (laughs) our president like the current administration that we have it's like we put we put so much in his ability to govern and to lead just based off of oh he's a successful businessman and it's like that is not all that it takes um and so we've criticized you know ourselves for doing this but we see somebody that is a billionaire who we should we would traditionally kind of automatically be like yo he has the answers and the keys and as opposed to his talk um being just about you know, focus on money and everything else is going to be great. He's like, no, find your purpose. You know what I'm saying? And your purpose may not to be a, may not be to be, you know, this extremely wealthy person, but it could be to do something else. Again, at no point in time is he saying like, you know, go live frivolously, don't have nothing, be broke. Obviously in our society, that's not something that anybody should aspire to or, you know, try to have because it's not going to be beneficial at all. Um, 
But I do think it's something to be said about somebody attaining that level of success and still being like, hey, purpose matters. Find your purpose, like find that thing that you are meant to do and and do that. And that thing may not look like my thing. And that's OK. And you may not be, you know, leading the financial revolution. And that is OK, too. But if you find what it is that you are meant to do go for that and 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 that that is it's 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 really okay i i just to me it just really stood out that this is somebody that is at the top of what we usually revere as the standard to have it all and they're saying like hey you know this too is not this is great and i have keys to how to how i got there and the things that we need to do and he also throughout the article he talked about it from the standpoint of like what we need to do is the black community as a whole. Um, it wasn't just like, Hey, this is something that I got to do. Or this is something that just only the, the, the people that want to be successful is like, no, this is what we need to do as a black community to improve the entire community and not just our own lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's, that's so true. It shows us that success is comprehensive. Yeah. It's absolutely. not one dimensional and you know, we have to elevate our mind when we think about what success is. Yeah. Yeah. So y'all tell us what success is to y'all. We want to know hashtag chat BC on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Do you have some more keys? Do you abide by the five keys? We want to hear from you and we'll be back with our toast or roast. And now we're back with our toast or roast. Today, I want to toast love is on OWN. I just, shout out to OWN just in general, because I feel like I read an article saying they found their niche. And I just feel like they're giving us something that no other um, station is giving us. They're giving us content that's really nuanced. Mm -hmm. And and I think that's so, so vital. Um, The only thing, I mean... Yeah, Yolanda. I can't never pronounce her name right. But anyway, her Yolanda. Oh, because I was Yolanda. like, wait. I was just trying to say Yolanda, like Yolanda Adams. I'm no, sorry. Yolanda. <laughs> um, you know, I people like her. I don't. I don't, I've still yet to see anybody's life she fixed. Yeah. But and that's neither here nor there. But as far as their shows, outside of the Tyler Perry ones, no shade to him. Again, it's just not my cup of tea. But. Uh, Queen Sugar, Green Leaf, Love Is, I think is really creating a space for black people to just be seen in different light. So right, right. Love Is is amazing. It's a show. And it actually is, I think, the real life story of um, the Akels. I think that's how you pronounce their names. But I, the, I think it was Akil, right? Akil. Okay, yeah. You see, I'm pronouncing everything wrong <laughs> as usual. Per usual, thank you, Randall, for being able to know what's going on and being a translator for what I'm saying. Because people are like, "What are you talking about?" But their real life story of how they fell in love, and it is really, really good. They they start the story talking as older people. It's not them, but they have some older characters. How how they fell in love and their journey, and they're like, it's their 20th year anniversary, and they're documenting telling their story and they go do like flashback mm. and it's just so good because especially for black single women she's like 
at the top of her career and this guy is just like at the bottom <laughs> in a sense and she has all these things that she wants and he comes in and he like connects with her on a level that she hasn't connected with anybody on and so it's just a it's a cute love story so it's interesting so my my best friend keeps telling <clears throat> she keeps telling me to watch it and uh I was like, I feel like this is not for me. <laughs> it might be more of a... Because me and Vanna, Vanna was saying it's like the poetic... No, not poetic justice. Love Jones kind of feel to her. That old school movie, loving basketball, brown sugar type. You know. Shout out yeah. to Sonali. Um, <laughs> <but, laughs> she, she really gave us some hits that we love. Biting but... Yeah, it gives me those feels. That's why I like it. You might not like it, you know, if you're not into that. I think the the only thing that, and I'm gonna, I'm definitely gonna watch it. I obviously want to give it a, sh- a chance. I I really enjoy Queen Sugar, and I really like um, Greenleaf. So, and it's by uh, it's it's Mara Brock Brock Akil. She is the creative girls' friends. So my best friend was telling me that it's like their her and her husband's love story. Um, mm-hmm. And they kind of, well, it's inspired by that. So there are certain things about it that's like true. And then obviously they had to like make it more like TV-esque, if you will. Um, I think every time I hear somebody talk about it, they are so overly fascinated by like it being a love story. And I think that for me is why I'm like, uh, I don't know. Because I don't know if I'm going to be like, I don't, I don't know if it's like, oh, you know, I, I'm like, Hey, you know, are they dropping some gems? Is there like something I can learn from this? Being like, oh my gosh, I'm just so happy about them being in love. I don't know if I'm gonna feel that. I'll probably be like, all right. But again, I'm definitely gonna watch it. Um, I've heard, I've seen and heard like a lot of good things about it. Um, obviously, mainly coming from women. I think I've only seen it coming from women. That's why I was like, I don't know if this is meant for me. You know, like I don't, I don't. Know. I don't know if guys will watch it, but I enjoy it. Okay, I'm gonna check it out. I'll definitely check it out, and you know, if for nothing else, I will turn my TV on when it's supposed to come on, so it can get support. Um, that's what I did for the longest <laughs> time for Empire. I was like, after a while, I didn't like want to watch Empire, but I would always turn my television on because I wanted them to get the ratings. Anyway, yeah, and turns out you were helping Dame Dash not to get his money, not to get his two million dollars, <laughs> but helping Lee Daniels get all of the money. Um, so I I have a toast this week as well. I'm actually going to toast Terry Crews. Um, I am sure, you know, this week, uh, Terry Crews met with, I believe it was like, um, with the Senate, the Senate had a hearing about sexual assault and, um, Terry Crews kind of gave his account of, um, being assaulted by an agent, like a big time agent in Hollywood, um, and he talked about like, you know, I guess the guy at first, it seemed like the guy, I always thought the guy like rubbed him, but apparently the guy like came and like grabbed his, uh, private area and like held it in his hand and it was like rubbing on him. And it was just real. You know, yeah. It was like more detailed. It was like more intense than what it initially came across to be to me. And he was saying kind of like how immediately, you know, because of his size, because of his athleticism, 
he could have responded in like a way to like physically hurt this guy. But then he talked about the aftermath and what that would have been and how he would have been, you know, blackballed um, in his career. And like his career is not just about it being like a dream of his, but this being the way that he feeds and takes care of his family. Um, and people would have seen him as like this aggressive monster as opposed to a victim. And so he's like in that moment based off of uh, the talks that he's had with his wife and his wife kind of preparing him uh, for situations like that and telling him like, you know, how it's important to really think through all of the stuff before you react. And so in, in a situation that is that way, um, he kind of responded in a way that seemed very non-conventional. And then you have people like 50 cent, you know, make jokes or whatever. And people kind of make fun of it. I, I listened to uh, Ricky Smiley and they obviously, you know, this is a platform like they, they try to joke, but they were kind of making jokes about it as well about, you know, Terry Crews, like not responding like, Oh, I would have whooped his a yada, yada, yada. And it's like, obviously we can say that on the other end of him not doing that, but let's say he did that. Like this man literally would have lost everything that he has. That is his method to take Every care black of his man family. Be yeah. yeah. And then would we have really heard the entire story? Had he responded that way? Would we say, could somebody change the narrative and say he's upset that he didn't get a role or he's upset that this man didn't want to like work with him. You know what I'm saying? Like, we really wouldn't have been there. So for me, this whole Terry Crews thing and just kind of a response for it, like there are a lot of people that supporting Terry Crews on social media. Um, I saw that uh, 50 Cent posted a video of the, the time that the guy, this guy, this reporter guy tried to like kiss Will Smith and he was like, see how Will handled it. And it was like, well, that's a completely different thing because this is just a reporter. This is not somebody that has the ability. Power. Yeah, the power to like really alter his career. And so obviously I don't think that I wouldn't imagine that Terry Crews is sitting there being like, Oh my gosh, yeah, keep rubbing. But it's kind of like, probably is like, Hey, like, what are you doing? Like what's going on? Just from the standpoint of, I know what I can do to you, but you know much, how much restraint that I have to have in order to not do this. I just think that, and I've said this from the very first time that I heard about Terry Crews, I feel like we aren't talking about him as much. Um, I feel like we aren't really having the right conversation because we've kind of been trained to see him as this big bronze strong black man that really doesn't have um a weakness or have a has a reason for us to feel so sorry for him and it's like no we honestly need to hear his story and consider his story and honestly and really support this man in this time and in this movement because he is an assault victim and it is very very complicated because had he used his most natural tools which is his size to stop this assault we would be having a completely different conversation and so i just shout out to terry cruz for having the 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 courage to stand up and to talk about that um in the face of you know a culture that says like as a black man you got to be all super strength superhuman and you know just handle everything and just knock everybody out and honestly kudos to him kudos to his wife for being able to like coach him through that like having a strong woman that's telling him like you know baby you got to think before you act because of your size because of how you naturally come off to so many people the 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 thing after the last thing that you need to do is to get violent with somebody and i think that's why we see terry cruz 
in so many roles where like he is this big guy but he has like you know this crazy sense of humor or he like is really playful he like dances around and stuff like that and we see him in commercials where he's almost you know kind of very like relatable in 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 a way of he's funny he's kind of like oh this is like the boy this is like the homeboy next door or like the kind of goofy kid that just you know got a hold to some weights like i feel like that it gave me more insight to all of that and i'm like wow and this and he accredits that to like his wife like dang this is crazy so i'm toasting to terry cruz this week i think it's amazing i know i talked a lot but i really honestly and i've I've said again i said this before but i think that i have so much more respect for terry cruz as a result of this because this is not a story a story that we hear he's not getting the consideration that to me that he deserves and had if he looked different i know the narrative would be different so shout out and to, uh kudos to you terry cruz yeah shout out to terry cruz much respect to him for doing that in a toxic masculinity culture right that doesn't <laughs> give much credence to what he's saying uh we're gonna leave y'all with today's good vibe today's good vibe comes from h jackson brown it says life doesn't require that we be the best only that we try our best and i love this because yes. it's always gonna be somebody better it's always gonna always. be somebody who does it better than you could do it but you can't look to them as your standard absolutely you have to realize that i have to try my best because perfection is an illusion nobody's perfect um and so if you're trying to get to the best or perfection you're not going to make it and you're going to be discouraged and you're not even going to try just do your best do what you could do and let let the rest fall let the chips fall where they may 100 percent agree Yes. Yeah, so well, thank you for listening to another episode of Brunch Culture. We are so grateful that you took the time to listen to us. There are so many other podcasts, and the fact that you tune in to listen to us means the world. So thank you. <laughs> another episode. We greatly appreciate it. Remember to rate us on iTunes. We are on iTunes. Subscribe. Just search Brunch Culture, Google Play, Spreaker, um, iHeartRadio. iHeartRadio. We're everywhere. Um, you you want to be? Um, <laughs> <laughs> you can see all of our past episodes at brunchculturebc.com. You can follow us on Facebook um, at facebook.com backslash brunchculture on Twitter at brunch underscore culture and on Instagram at brunchculture. We have a lot of cool, me- funny memes throughout today the day to get you inspired and to make you laugh. Um, they're relatable for us as black young professionals. And remember, here at Brunch Culture, everything is up for discussion.